0: SPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees.
1: Definitely a fan of the killer, killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up.
2: Whoa. What up, H Town? Hey, how we doing? He's blank on Bradham. Joe George is over there. He's behind the glass. It is a Wednesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925. Um, I don't know what to say about this Astros team. Like, I, I really don't. Like, I how am I feeling today about the Houston Astros? I'm not really that worried that they're not gonna win the division, quite frankly. I know that their lead shrunk. A game. I know it's only a one game lead on Texas with 16 to play. I know it's only one and a half over Seattle with 16 to play. I know Dusty Baker with 16 games left has John Singleton and Jake Myers in his lineup tonight. Jeez. Looks like a getaway lineup in July. Not a we have 16 games left to play. Let's put our foot on the gas type of line. I get all of that. I get that Fromber lost to Oakland. I get that Justin Verlander got rocked against the single ace. I still don't have any doubt that this team is going to win the American League West. All that I can say is that this is the most frustrating regular season Astros team in the golden era. Uh, I'm
3: concerned. Uh, I said last night before we went off the air, look, if it's just one game and we kept saying, but it's against the A's. And we had the prerequisite all, uh, throughout the show yesterday. But now you've lost two in a row with your two best pitchers and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, no. Look, tip the cap. Look, their young pitching staff has been very good. And their future is bright with the guys that they've thrown and some of the young players they're putting out there. But this should not be happening to this team at this time of the season. And I can't—I'm not even going to get into the home part of it because that's just quirky and fluky. This team is too good to be playing this bad in this series against that team that's been horrible. And they were rattling off the only series the A's have won all year, and they were against every other. Seller-dweller, bad team in baseball. Oh, by the way, and now the Astros.
2: Yeah, look, I I get it. I get it, but I still don't have fear that they're going to lose the division. Like, I still fully expect for the Houston Astros to flip the switch like they always do in... Win the American League West. I fully expect them to do that. Like, I understand frustration. I understand how you have your top two starters on the mound against a 99-loss single-A team from Oakland, and you lose both of those games in the stretch drive after you built the lead up to two and a half games. Like, I get all of that. But I still have confidence they're going to win the division. So the only feeling that I have is the frustration of the 2023 regular season for the Astros in so many different ways. Like, let's reverse-engineer it. The lineup today, incredibly frustrating.
3: Unbelievable. You and I were talking about it for the show and I'm like, and then I looked at him like, wait, Myers and Singleton in the lineup? Like what are we doing here? Do we not have the sense of urgency? Did we not hear, you know, Burke, I mean, uh, Bregman talking about putting the get- foot down on the gas, trying to win every single game down the stretch? Because to me, I, I, it's just mind-boggling the way Dusty still feels like he's so relaxed and he can kick back in the recliner and just go, "Yeah, I think we're we'll trying this today." Why are we experimenting right now when we know how important it is? I'm like you. I picked them to win it. I think they're going to win it. But the concern that was really kind of overflowing for me last night and watching that game come to a conclusion was, now I'm starting to be concerned about this team once it gets to the playoffs. Now I'm starting to worry about starters that have to do big-time starter things like they've done in the past and do again, no matter how good your offense can be. You have to be able to have... These two guys at the start of your rotation, you have to be able to have, as we talked about yesterday, whoever is three and four, or three, four and five, and that we're, we're piggybacking. However, we're doing it, but we got to have some confidence in some of these pitchers, starting pitchers, as we go forward into the playoffs. I believe they'll win the division. I'm a little bit more concerned about how they're going to be once they win the
2: division. And for me, is the frustration that I have with the regular season Astros. To me, it's the most frustrating Astro regular season team in the Golden Era. You can look at today's lineup, a measure of frustration. John Singleton in the lineup with 16 to play. Uh, you, have, you have Jake Myers in the lineup, 16 to play. Jake Myers, your third center fielder. Like, right. I, I understand Mauricio Dubon's not a good defensive center fielder, but I'll take that bat in the lineup. Jose Abreu, don't love Jose Abreu? Like his chances a little bit more than John Singleton, and I fully expect Singleton's going to hit two home runs now that I said that. You go back to yesterday, the, the lack of pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado in the eighth, using a Parker Mashinsky when you have a day off tomorrow in a three-run game the Astros stinking at home because of the batter's eye Justin Verlander getting rocked Fromber Valdez the up and down nature that Fromber has been Christian Javier who's been bad Hunter Brown who started promising has struggled down the stretch the injuries of Luis Garcia Lance McCullers Jose Archini for a time on the offensive side the injuries of Jose uh, Altuve Jordan Alvarez Michael Brantley uh, did I mention Lance McCullers? Like the entire season has been incredibly frustrating. Do I think the Astros are a World Series contender? Yeah, I do. I think that they're a, one. I think they're going to win the American League. Quite frankly, uh, do I think they have an offense that can carry them in the postseason? Yeah, I do. Fromber and JV can figure it out. They can be fine. Their bullpen's really good. That's why I'm like. I can't be mad at the Astros in a sense because I still think they're going to win the division. I still think they're going to win the American League. But it's the frustration of the entire season. The injuries, lack of production, the starting pitching has kind of failed over the last couple of months. Dusty Baker's daily lineups. Like the entire regular season, again, is the most frustrating Astro regular season we've seen since 2016. Yeah, the concerns that I have
3: because of the fact that this team has overcome so much. The fact that they've continued, we talked about how many guys stepped up in the first half to three quarters of the season until they got healthy. The way this team was able to persevere in so many ways with some of the people that you mentioned and and others involved in it as well, missing time, not performing at their peak, doing all the things that most teams would have folded up their tents and gone home. This team has persevered and got through so much, but at a certain point, you have to start getting concerned because you're running out of time in the regular season and because you're going into the postseason and there's there's more question marks than you'd feel comfortable with because of the uncertainty of the starting pitching, because of Dusty being Dusty, and because of all the other things in between. And so for me, it's like I, the, the ex- expectations are so high that this team hasn't done anything to really give you the indication it's they're falling off. But at a certain point, how much can they endure? How much do, can we take before you start real looking at it and, and going, man, no matter how healthy they get, You still got a lot to worry about with this team when they get into the postseason. I get it.
2: I get it, and I think that's what kind of leads to all of the frustrations that has been the 2023 Houston Astros season. What what has been something that, that makes you pull your hair out about this team? And here's the other thing. like, If the Astros weren't World Series good, if the Astros weren't defending champions, if we didn't believe that the Astros were capable of going to the World Series, it wouldn't be nearly as frustrating. The expectations that you have for the Astros is what leads to the sure. frustration. If the Astros were an 81-81 and 81 team and they were going to miss the playoffs, who cares if John Singleton's playing with 16 to play? Who cares if Jake Myers is playing with 16 games left to play? You know we probably want to see Yiner because we want to see what he looks like for yeah. next season. We we still do, even though that they're winning a bunch of games because Martín Maldonado is not a very good baseball player anymore. But the expectations leads to the frustration that has been the regular season. Look, they can write all of this. Like, who cares if you have a frustrating regular season if you still win the division and then you go on to win the World Series? We'll never talk about the frustrate the frustration we felt of the entire regular season. So the expectation leads to it the injuries at the start of the year you know chasing all year long too like it feels like you've been going up you had to like climb uphill the entire way you didn't lead the division for the first time until a couple of weeks ago you know enduring the excuses from Dusty Baker I think overall Dusty's done a, a fine job so like people are going to hear me say this oh you hate Dusty you're a racist I think Dusty for the course of the year has done a good job because of all of the injuries, because of all of the new players. But I can't remember a more frustrating regular season for the Astros in the golden era. Now, some people were coming at me yesterday and saying like the 2019 postseason. I get it. Like you were in the World Series with probably the best team you've ever had in franchise history. You couldn't win a single home game in the World Series or you'd have three World Series titles. But regular season specifically, most frustration uh, in the golden era by far.
3: Well, and the other thing that I think makes it so concerning for me is the fact that you don't have this padded lead like you've had in the past. You, you know, we've all we all three of us have been on record saying, it. they're going to win the division. We feel like they're going to be in the World Series. They're going to be in the American League Championship Series. But when you look at it, after faltering, faltering twice in two straight games to a team like Oakland at home with everything kind of riding on these last you know, three weeks of games and, and you say to yourself, it's not like it's in, it's impossible to, to see a scenario play out where if you keep playing like this inconsistently that you could miss the playoffs. Like, we don't think that, but I think that it's time to at least focus on and wonder if they're focused on the fact that, hey, you got to turn the heat up a little bit on yourselves. I know that they had their uh, another team meeting, but at the same time, Dusty has to be realistic with a lineup that gives them the best chance to win Every game going forward, no matter who you're playing. And you mentioned my favorite, Hunter Mashinsky, because Hunter Mashinsky shouldn't have been on this team weeks ago. But he definitely shouldn't have been in that game last night when you still, as bad as you've been offensively, you had at least a chance, a fighter's chance, a puncher's chance, when you were closer than when he got done with what he did. So, and Montero the night before was not very good. But I look at this and I say, the loss column's killing me. Because I know you're two and a half, you're one and a half, you're this, I look at the loss column and go, there's a game separating you from basically possibly being out of the playoffs. That's scary.
2: It's scary, like I understand. You have 16 to play. Like it's feasible. This team doesn't make the playoffs. Like it really is. I don't think that's the case. That's like you. You lose two games to Oakland. You're like, oh, everybody's mad. I I get it. Like I understand. Like there's like the real the realistic viewpoint is you're 16 games left to play. You lead the Rangers by a game. You lead the Mariners by a game and a half. One game in the lost column over over Seattle. To your point, like I get it. But I think that the Astros are still going to figure it out. Like, my biggest takeaway of losing these first two games against the Oakland single A's is just this is the most frustrating regular season we've seen in Houston in the golden era. What's oh, been frustrating to you about the 2023 Houston Astro regular season? 713-780-ESPN. The HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel. Joe over there is at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. We'll get into some of the uh, the frustrations from yesterday's game a- a- as well. You know, Martin Maldonado, How about how lazy Martin Maldonado is, but Dusty's favorable to Martin Maldonado. There's been three other instances, Blankers, in the last two years where Dusty's not been favorable to laziness and lack of hustle? They've all been young players. Why not that same energy from our team Maldonado? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
0: All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
2: Killer bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Most frustrating regular season that this Astros team has had in the golden era. 713-780-3776 on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Flimsy, no excuse, losing to losing two to Oakland. Agreed. Agreed. You know what happened last year? They got swept against Oakland. And <laughs> they won the, won the World Series. So, like... I agree with you, Flimsy. There is no excuse losing two to Oakland. I agree that it's incredibly frustrating that you've lost to the Oakland single A's these last two games. Oakland A's, they get 99 losses, and they're trying to avoid 100 losses so much they turn into the late 70s Oakland A's with Reggie Jackson and all these dudes just crushing the baseball. Uh, Flimsy's talking about Maldonado. Never seen a player get picked off by a pop-up to the pitcher like Maldi last night. It's actually quite impressive. Weird play. I do Good play. It was a great play by the pitcher. Yep. I. It was a weird play as well. I can understand how a player gets caught up there. I'm not sure what Maldonado was thinking, though. Like, that ball lands, you're going to be out port, at second yeah, port, even so with that, the jump. Right, like, right. The, like there's no way you're making it to second regardless. So, knowing that, you can't vacate the bag at first base because of the off chance that you're going to get doubled up. Uh, weird play. It was, it was a low S2-E play, if we're being completely honest. My contention was, the, the ball that was bounced off the third baseman that was kind of dribbling over towards the seats on that third base side. He should have been at second base. Yeah. It, his laziness is the reason he was not at second base. We'll get into Maldonado a little bit more in a second. 713-780-3776. Most frustrating Astros regular season team since 2023. Let's see if we can go to the HRMP listener line. Key, you're in the hive. What's up? Hey, how's
4: it going? This is Key. Oh, Q, okay. All right, what's up, Q? Yeah, yeah. I love the first six of the, the lineup today, but my question to you is, uh going by the team's OPS, the players, wouldn't it be more feasible after the first six to have uh Chaz McCormick, Diaz, and then possibly have it... Uh, our center fielder playing first base instead of having Singapore in the, the lineup. Mauricio DuBois, mm-hmm. what do y'all think about that as far as the final three? Uh, and the, the, the fact that we have such an inconsistent lineup every day, that's what's the most worrying to me. But those the first six that we have today, I, I love having Bradley in the sixth spot. But right now, we don't have any chance, any time to waste and I think we should have our best, most consistent players out there. So, what do y'all think about the last three that I said with McCormick and uh, Diaz and then Lebron?
3: Got it. Thank you, Q. Thanks, Q. Appreciate the call. Uh, I think, look, we've already we already touched on it. I, I just don't. It's inexplicable to me, and I don't care if you are the biggest Dusty supporter on the planet. It is inexplicable to me at this point in the season with the fact that. You know, every single game is hyper important, and there's only one game separating you from, you know, the joy of making the postseason and the possibilities of not, and the fact that Singleton and, and Jake Myers are in your lineup. I, I just don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't understand the some of the some of the quirky quirkiness of the lineups in the last two games, in the last week, in the last couple weeks. But right now, it's so hyper important that every game means a ton more. And they even talked about, well, these are like playoff games. They get you ready for the playoffs you have to treat them like playoff games. If that's what we're doing here, then those guys have no business being in there. There's just no way in in this game in particular now after losing two in a row that I should see those two guys in the middle of this lineup with so much on the line.
2: Yeah, I don't mind inconsistent lineups per se. Like, that's just where we are in baseball. Like, you look at every team in baseball and there's the, you know, the teams that switch it up the most, there's teams that switch it up the least. Like, every team has 100 unique batting orders over the course of 162 games. So that's not... Unique for Dusty Baker. Like that, that's par for the course in Major League Baseball. And I never, I'm not a batting order guy. Like I think batting order is important. I have ways that I would personally construct batting orders. I'm not usually going to criticize a manager for the batting order one through nine. I think it's incredibly overrated. I think we put way too much, uh, stock into it. What I will criticize those who's in the lineup.
3: That's what I'm saying. Because who's right. playing?
2: No, I think. Yeah, I'm not pointing it towards you. No, okay. Because you're right. 16 games left to play. I love John Singleton's story. I love that John Singleton's one of 28 men on this Houston Astros roster mm-hmm. shouldn't be in the lineup with 16 games to play and you lead the division by one. I understand that Dusty's trying to load it up with lefties against Paul Blackburn, who's better against right-handed hitters than he is lefties. Jake Myers. When have we trusted Jake Myers with the bat in a long time? So it's not necessarily like the inconsistencies of. Orders, it's like, why aren't you playing your best nine, your best 10, your best 11 guys instead of going deep into your bench for Singleton and Myers uh, whenever there's 16 to play and one left? But that is another reason that leads to what is the most frustrating regular season the Astros have had in the golden era. Yeah, I'm good with May and June and July and rest and guys
3: not, right. you know, getting too beat down and all these other things. But at this point in the season right now, and, and, and to be very clear, all I'm talking about is who's who's playing. I, the batting lineup, you're right. At this point, whether Pena's in the two or the, the eight and everybody in between, if you're healthy, I believe, and I've said this over the last two weeks, once they got healthy, this might be the, and people pushed back and said the Braves. Okay, great. But in my opinion, this could be the most potent offensive lineup in the game of baseball Definitely in the American League, I'll hear your discussion about the Braves. So I don't care who's batting where, but I care that at this point in the season with everything on the line and you're not sitting there coasting with a big lead, the best players have to play right now.
2: Yeah. It's the bat- I mean, the batting guy is doing its thing, though. The batting guy has been really good to neutralize this Houston Astro uh, lineup. It really has. 1-5-4-2. Uh, I have no problem with Dusty's lineups. The first two-thirds of the season, there's zero excuse in this stretch not to have MLB best center fielder Chaz McCormick, uh, Dubon, and Diaz in every day. It's going to be tough to get Dubon and Chaz in there every day. It uh, says, not to mention we have to be in playoff rhythm. I think those are fair points. There- there's really not a way you're getting Chaz, Dubon, Diaz no. in the lineup every day unless you're benching Michael Brantley, unless you're benching Jeremy Pena, Unless you're benching a Jordan Alvarez, unless you're benching a Jose Abreu, yeah, like it's, it's very difficult to give those three. So I nitpick that, but your point's a good one. Two one two eight. We've been extremely spoiled since seventeen. This is a good team, not a great one. Good teams win titles. All the time. That's that's a good point. Look, that's why I still think this is an Astros team that is capable of winning the World Series. This is an Astros team I expect to get to the World Series because look, are they as good as they were last year? Probably not. They're not as good as they were in nineteen when they lost the World Series. Uh, they're not as good as they were in twenty one when they lost the World Series. But this is a uh, you look at this lineup and the production that they can produce. They're 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 going to be a tough out. Same thing with the bullpen. Look, Fromber has been up and down. He's tough. Justin Verlander's been up and down, maybe a little bit further down than up since he's been a Houston Astro again. He's still Justin Verlander. He's been good in the playoffs, not great in the World Series. So this team still has the potential. The ceiling is still there, and that's what leads to the frustration is that they've kind of just been floating, trying to, like, hint. They've kind of flirted with the ceiling at times, and in the moment they're like, okay, they're hitting their stride, you lose two to the Oakland single ace.
3: Yeah, and and that's why as much as nobody wants to to, to get this conversation going or think about the the feasibility or fathom the fact that it could happen the the fact that you're you're a game basically a, two games from being out of the playoffs should worry everybody it should be the reason why we are as concerned as we are i'm probably more concerned than you i said that they were going to go to the world series i said they were going to win the division too but i said i thought that i was saying that about a team that once they got healthy was a, a good chunk higher and better than the two teams that, that are in this thing with them in this division. And they're not playing like it. And because they're not playing like it, now we're seeing lineups that don't look like they're taking it serious enough or they're putting their best lineup out there. That's a problem for me. That's something that aggravates me because they're too good to not to, to be in this position.
2: Seven two one eight. sacrifice a live chicken and get hats for bats. Anything to win at this point, P- P- Peter's not going to be very happy with us. I-, I, w- I think we should bring back Tows Hill. Just bring back Tows Hill, get rid of this whole batter's eye dilemma that's, that's been a huge bugaboo for the Houston Astros. You, that's what you need to do. Uh, 5 one five, seven, to be successful in the playoffs, you have to get hot with the team that's going to be playing in the playoffs. Dusty needs to stop all the BS and play with the guys who are going to win playoff games so they can chill together now. Reach it. I I mean, I I get it. Like, it's going to be different, lefty righty. We we all want Yiner to be the everyday catcher. I'm with you. I also want that. Ain't happening. Like, it's just not. Martin Maldonado is going to catch Fromber. He's going to catch JV. He's going to catch Javier. And maybe maybe that's the failure of this team, ultimately. Because, yeah, I would catch Einer with these guys. Because his bat is just so much better than Maldonado that anything that you're losing in these hidden intangibles, if they are real, if it's not really a myth, if they actually are tangible, these hidden intangibles, you're still not gaining enough of it for what you're losing offensively. And, Jeremy,
3: didn't you also just get from what we just talked about the every indi- indication that, that you have a reason to try something differently except for the intangibles? Because if Verlander's not pitching his best, exactly what came out of your mouth, Verlander's not p- pitching at his best. Fromber has not been at his best, and that has been with Maldi catching him. If this was flipped, Yiner would be pulled out and we'll try something with Maldi because Hunter what Brown's not Friday. pitching his best or J.P. Francis is pitching his best. What's that?
1: That's what he did on Friday. right? That's why he said... Maldi was catching Hunter Brown. That's what I'm talking about. If anyone was going to get yeah. Hunter Brown right, it was Maldi. Like, and, and I get the lineup stuff. It's frustrating. But it doesn't take away the fact that one through seven yesterday went three for 27. No. Like it's it, the fact that there were oh, but- six hits and, and Dubon had two of them, Maldi had one, and the entire core of your lineup had no hits yesterday. Like, it, it would be great if the perfect lineup was out there. But the guys who are being paid the most money on this team to perform – Are going three for 27, one through seven in the lineup last night. It's a huge problem. Like, they're just not performing at home as as a team. Yeah, like they do it on the road. But my point is, too, that Dusty would flip the switch
3: in a second and yank uh, uh, Yiner out of there and put Maldi in. But if the top two guys in your pitching rotation right now aren't pitching great when Maldi's catching him and and he looks lazy and, and, and and he's not doing the things he used to do behind the dish, well, this would be, give you every indication, every reason as the manager. You could do the opposite and put Diner in there, but he won't do that.
2: Let's let's get into that. The, the dusty bias that he has for the veteran players and, and real proof that it does exist. Also, well, how, why has this team been so frustrating to you? The most frustrating Astros regular season in the Golden Era. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Football game tomorrow night football game tomorrow night, a bunch of baseball games tonight, as you know, and if you want to throw down some bucks on a few of these games, you better be doing it at BetUS.com. They are my favorite sports book and casino, the only one that I endorse, BetUSA.com. Football's back, we're in the thick of football season right away, and that means it's time to lay down your bets. BetUS.com is where you need to do it, only sportsbook and casino that I endorse. Why? Because BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting services with a special offer this football season. Season. you can get up to 30 risk-free bets. That's right, up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect. If that isn't enough, BetUS offers the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. You heard me, the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. Even more, betus.com offers 200% crypto sign-up bonus. Where else can you find a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus and they also have a 250% casino bonus? The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can Take it to another level at betus.com with their state of the art live in game betting features. You got to have some live in game action. Those are always fun. Don't wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer with up to 30 risk free bets. Get Bet Protect. Get started today by visiting betus.com or give them a call at 1 800 MyBetUS, that's 1 800 692 3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers. 1 800 MyBetUS, betus.com. BetUS Sportsbook and Casino where the game begins.
0: Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy.
2: 5105, the Astros don't make the playoffs, Dusty all capital letters, has to be fired, has to, no excuses. Somebody else said, what What can happen for Maldi and Dusty to not be in this organization next year? And neither one's under contract uh, next season. If this team misses the playoffs, they're, they're Dusty Baker's not the manager next year. Like, there's no way. 713-780-ESP at HRP Listener Line, 713 Let's go out to the HRP Listener Line. Willie, you're in the hive. What's up, Willie?
5: Hey, thanks Taking my call, always. I got a couple of things I'd like to say. First of all, according to uh, I mean uh, uh, the pitching uh, and the catching, if if uh, JV thinks that Maldi should be catching him, it, it ought to be a reason why, and uh, it's got to be some kind of hidden intangible, and uh, if he want him, despite Diaz being a better hitter. And and second of all, if he just go put the best players out there every single day, those players are out there the last two days. Well, why not give somebody else a chance? Okay. They ain't going to never play while you even have them on the team. Why don't you just send them to AAA and say, Crane some
2: money. Yeah, Willie, well, you have to have 26 at least. You can have 28 now with the September call-ups. And, like, I-, I get playing everybody through the dog days of the summer. Keep people off their feet. Make sure everybody's fresh in case you have injuries. 16 to play, I don't think is as important as June, July. But I hear you on that, Willie. Like, I- I'm not going to push back a whole lot with that. Let me ask you this question because I-, I don't – I don't disagree with hidden intangibles for a catcher. I think it does exist. I think it is good for a pitcher's psyche to have somebody that he likes to throw to. I believe in that, Willie. Let me ask you this though. You're in the eighth inning, you're down by three or four runs, starting pitcher's out of the game. Martin Maldonado's coming up to the plate with a runner on base. Do you want Martin Maldonado in that spot or do you want Yiner Diaz in that spot?
5: I want Diaz in that spot. That's but Dusty that, didn't that, do that, that yesterday. That wasn't the question. That that wasn't the question. No, he didn't do that. He I didn't do that, that either. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, when people say Diaz should be the number one starter, no matter what. Now, why would you go out there and just make a pitcher mad before the game even starts? Yeah. Then come I, on now.
2: I got you, Willie. Those yeah. are those uh, are good you. points. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy the conversation. Like I I don't. Kind of on the fence, which is a spot that I hate being. Like I w- personally, I would have Yiner as my everyday catcher. Like, that that's the way I would do it. Because Yiner's offense is just too good. I will not ignore that hidden intangibles in the battery between a pitcher and a catcher do exist. And to Willie's point, if Justin Verlander wants Martin Maldonado, Justin Verlander is going to get Martin Maldonado. I would push back and be like, hey, look, we're trying to win a World Series, and you're giving up five runs to the Oakland single A's. I'm going to make the decision who's catching until you're pitching seven innings of shutout baseball. Like It's tough to play hardball with a potential hall- – well, shouldn't say potential – for a pitcher who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's hard to play hardball with a guy who I call the Astros' greatest starting pitcher in history – But that's why you pay the manager the big bucks. Like, that's why you pay the manager to make those tough decisions and have those tough conversations with the alphas in the clubhouse. So,
3: for me, the first thing to Willie's point is the best players weren't in the lineup the first two days of this series. There were guys sitting that I don't believe should have been. Uh, I I think to the point on the the catcher that you're making, Jeremy, look, I I think it matters, but then what I'm doing is I'm only doing it if those intangibles exist until it starts to falter, until I don't see the results that I'm expecting from my top – two pitchers, and another pitcher. I'm, a, I'm taking Javier out of the equation if that's not working. If Javier's struggling and I'm not seeing, you know, the intangibles working and I'm not getting enough out of Maldi anyway, then I'm going to say, okay, now you're just catching JV and you're catching, catching Fromber And that's it. And, and then I'm also going to look at the fact that if the guy that's only in there because of the intangibles and because It's the request of those two pitchers starts faltering or getting lazy or not doing things that catchers and baseball players that are still in the lineup when they're hitting what he's hitting and and not doing what he's supposed to be doing is still in there. Well, then I have real issues because when that all goes to hell in a handbasket on top of everything else, I'm going, what the hell are we doing? And I'm going to have a conversation with the two pitchers and I'm going to have a conversation with Maldi.
2: Yeah. And look. Willie's probably right where Justin is going to ultimately win that conversation, which we don't like. We've conceded that right. because it's just reality. It's the way that it's going to be. We disagree with that reality, but we understand that it is reality. But if that's the way it's going to be, how do you not use Jiner Diaz in the eighth inning to pinch hit for Martin Maldonado? Yeah, like that- Willie's the biggest dusty defender we have, and I tip my cap and admire that about Willie. I always enjoy our conversations. Willie, the biggest dusty defender, is like, I didn't like that. Like how can anybody defend that? You can't. That that's
3: what's happened every time we've brought up these situations. It's indefensible. The fact that you can sit there and look at these situations, and it's not just with Yiner for Maldi. There were it was the Singleton Chaz conversation too. There were others, other incidents like this too. When you go, it, it's not it, it's a head scratcher. It's a no brainer. It's like what are we doing here when everybody can clearly see this is the wrong decision or the wrong decision to not make a decision and make a change, yet it's acceptable because if you're an orange Kool-Aid drinking Astros fan, it'll all be fine and the playoffs are going to be different and you'll see. Well, let's hope we'll see and not you'll see because the last thing you want this to do is backfire with this many games in, this, in, in a
2: pennant race. Here was uh, Dusty Baker yesterday. Pretty sure there was Chandler Rome who asked him this question. Uh, he asked him, why didn't you pinch hit <laughs> with Yiner Diaz for Martin Maldonado in the eighth inning down a few runs with a runner on base? And, and here was Dusty Baker's answer.
5: Yeah, yeah, I'll let him hit. I mean, it's my decision. I mean, you know, you can nitpick all you want to, you know, which is your... which is how you do, but... No, no. you know, that wasn't a ball game. That wasn't a ball game at all.
2: Look, I, I don't disagree with Dusty that like that did not determine the ball game. Like right. letting Martin Maldonado hit for himself in that spot instead of pinch hitting for Yiner Diaz did not determine the ballgame. He he's right. Dusty's right. It did not determine the ballgame. What gives you the better chance to win the ball game? Martin Maldonado against a righty who's awful. He's a below the Mendoza line on the season, or Yiner Diaz, who's one of the most electric offensive rookies in all of baseball. It's a no brainer. Again, this is where it's unfathomable to think about the, the, the
3: possibility of letting Maldi hit there. And, and no matter how much you can be a dusty defender, no matter how much you believe that whatever will be will be because it'll be fine, that's the wrong decision. And it's not the first one. And so, yeah, dusty, you should be a little testy about it, but you shouldn't be testy. It, it's more about being re, uh, getting to the realization of you made the wrong call. It is your decision. It's all on you. And it, it doesn't matter who's being nitpicky. That's
2: a baseball decision you got to make. That's all you do. Like I, I would have been, I would have felt better if Dusty's like, yeah, I felt the game was out of hand there, and we know that we have Yiner catching tomorrow. and We wanted to get him, keep him off his feet. Like I could have, wouldn't have agreed right, with that answer, right. but I would have respected that answer more than to be, well, you just nitpicked this decision that I made that is obviously the wrong decision. Like, it's ridiculous. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Chris, you're the Hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Chris?
6: Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have like one I guess big general question. With all the chatter going around uh, about how Dusty's being Dusty and making these boneheaded decisions, at what point do you believe or you think it actually would happen where Dana Brown or Jim Crane would step in and say, you know what, Dusty, we're sick of your decisions on the lineup. Put it in the lineup of death
4: from now to the end of the season, period. Yeah. Line up and listen.
2: You go in Billy Bean with Art Howe. Uh, Dusty's not going to allow that to happen. He won't. They'll fire me. I think Dusty has... like Dane has been very clear that Dusty has the lineup uh, since he took the job. I think because they made that very clear to him whenever he took the job that Dusty had the lineup. I think that that's a big reason why James Click is no longer with the Astros is I think that they probably made the decision a long time ago, even before the offseason, that they favored Dusty over Click. I'm sure that there was disagreement between Click and Dusty about the lineup. We know that there was disagreement about how to handle center field on Players, multiple yeah. different occasions. Uh, Chaz is not a center fielder. Chaz is a center fielder. that disagreed on that front. I, I think that the contentiousness between Click and Dusty is ultimately what got Click. I know he wasn't technically fired, but fired. Dusty got the extension. So I think that they made it very clear to Dana Brown in the whole process that, hey, if you're taking this job, Dusty has the lineup. Dana's mentioned it multiple times. He has the lineup. Dusty's mentioned it multiple times. He has the lineup. He's very possessive over the lineup. So that's just not going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen. Now, maybe this offseason, Crane kind of figures out "Eh, it's probably time. It's probably time to, to move on. Uh, from all of this, but any idea that somebody else is going to put the lineup in Dusty Baker's, uh, you know, desk ain't going to happen. Dusty Break- Baker's a very prideful man and has been doing this for a long time, and quite frankly, is one of the best managers we've seen in baseball history. Top ten all time in yeah. wins, got his first World Series title last year.
3: He, he would catch so mu- the, the, the organization would catch so much hell at this point in the season if they tried to do something like this. And believe me, Dusty would not be shy about making it public if they tried to do it. And whether he did or not, he'd I think at this point in the season with what Dusty's accomplished, what his resume looks like, the fact that he's going into the Hall of Fame as a manager at some point, that he would basically say, the hell you are, and the hell I will, and if that's the way it's coming down and you tell me I have to, then fire me. Because I'm not going to deal with this because Dusty is too prideful and he's done it his way for so long that he ain't changing now. And so that's a decision that I don't think the Astros would like to make at this point. And they realize that we talked about it last year. Dusty was gonna dusty during the regular season and I kept saying please don't let him as long as you don't do it in the playoffs. He didn't do it in the playoffs. Yep. And they won a World Series. So I don't think they're gonna do that, but if they did that to him, I think he'd walk.
2: And it didn't it didn't matter really last year in the regular season. Like you won you coasted to a division title. Like did it annoy fans along the way? Yeah, but so what? What did you lose? You didn't lose anything. You weren't in a race. You coasted to the division title. And then he flipped the switch in the postseason and won a World Series title. So like we have no reason to be critical of Dusty Baker 2022. Right. 2023, you have 16 to play. John Singleton's getting starts when you're up in the division by a game, when Maldonado's getting at-bats, when Parker Mashinsky's pitching in a three-run game, which is still attainable, still a winnable game at that point. A lot of interesting decisions from Dusty. 713-780-3776. Let's get Barrett in here. Barrett, you're in the hive with the killer bees. Barrett, Go. All right, we'll get to Barrett on the other side. Hang tight, Barrett. 713-780-3776 if you want to get in on this. Also, let's get to the other instances where Dusty Baker has showed a very clear veteran bias. He's been critical of some rookies for their laziness, for their lack of hustle. Young players, not necessarily rookies. We've seen them the last couple of years. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN seven five, ESPN two five.
0: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's the Killer Bees.
2: Nine six four seven. Dusty's just giving everyone double birds at this point. He's going to do whatever uh, he can to not put the best lineup out there. I don't. Is Dusty that stubborn? Like Dusty's stubborn, but is he that stubborn where he's going to in like sacrifice? The best of the team because there's a difference of like disagreeing what's the best of the team like Maldonado for an example he thinks Maldonado gives him the best chance to win he's not he's not doing it out of pride and like sacrificing team success he genuinely thinks that Maldonado catching gives the Astros a better chance to win than Yiner. Dusty's not prideful he's going to tank games no. with decisions that he knows is an optimal because of his pride but I don't way, believe that but a different
3: way of looking at though Jeremy is is, is it is it fair to say because he, he, I agree with you that he's not spiteful in that way, but for all the success that he's had and the World Series title that he got last year, he could be, in doing this at the time of the year that he's doing it in the situation that this team is in, he could be responsible for this team not winning another one. Could be. Because these kind of decisions and losing these kind of games to those kind of teams with not putting your most optimal lineup out there could... Hope to God it doesn't happen, but could be the reason why they don't make the playoffs. I think it's fair to say that
2: already. Like, I think if you lose the division by, let's say, one to three games or a tiebreaker to Seattle, I think the reason why would be because of Dusty's decisions. Now, like, yeah, the players haven't played up to their capability, uh, but some decisions throughout the year, Dusty could have, you know, got a few more wins, maybe a few less losses. Uh, Bruce says, unfortunately, I think Dusty's a guy who's going to dig his hills and defend his decisions. He's definitely that. Uh, He says he was also vindicated last year because we won the title despite him. I. Look, I think a managerial guy, like a baseball manager, I think their decisions sway somewhere between five to ten games a year, over one sixty-two. I don't think it's like as critical as a football. Ten coach, may be too high, but I definitely think coach.
3: at least five.
2: Okay, well then, what's your what's the top of your range?
3: Some people think it's one game. Some people give well, the manager no five. credit at all. Yeah. yeah, I would say five is where I'm at. And with I'm talking
2: it. about strictly baseball between the lines, first first pitch to last out. Because I do think clubhouse stuff matters and influences yeah. wins uh, and losses. Five too. to seven,
3: maybe. Yeah, somewhere in that seven. range.
2: Yeah, we're, I think we're on the same page there. And I think in the postseason that Dusty, like Dusty, managed the postseason right. Like he got criticized for like lowering the leverage of Ryan Stanek, which he still takes criticism for when the bullpen was brilliant. Yeah. So like he made a bold decision was he right moved to Bray you up. Yeah. Yeah. In the playoff? Stanek. Yeah, yeah. Same thing.
3: Okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying, cause a lot of people are like, well, Bray you suddenly has got this prime time role and your guy with a 1.1, you're right. Mm-hmm. ERA was getting no run at all. And, 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 and when you look at it, the thing that I kept dwelling on was as much as it frustrated the hell out of me during the regular season, I said, he can't do this in the, in the postseason. He didn't. and, I gave him all his flowers because he managed that team to a T last year in the postseason, and he deserves all the credit for that. But this is a different situation. It's a different year. It's a different team. And you are in a dogfight right now, and
2: you can't afford to tinker. There, There is one... Tendency that Dusty has. He, he has a bias towards veterans. Well, I just want to get this out of the way and then we'll go back to our call board 713 780 3776. I didn't include the Chas McCormick. Remember, he had that kind of iffy uh, base running blunder at the start of the year. Oh, where he yeah, was at yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. hit a ball to short. The, the Astros said that it was a, a mistake, a base right, running mistake, right. but I couldn't find the exact quote. So I left this out. But here are three instances where Dusty Baker has been critical of very good young players on his team but not critical of that Martin Maldonado laziness yesterday where it prevented him from getting to second base. Remember when Jordan Alvarez nearly hit a walk-off home run last year and he kind of admired it. He kind of watched it. And the only problem was it didn't love the park, right? It hit off the wall. He had a long single. Astros ended up winning the game. Now, they lifted him for a pinch runner. I don't think that was a benching. Like, they just pinch run for Jordan, so it wasn't a benching, but they just pinch ran for Jordan. Dusty, after that, he said, when I took him out for a pinch runner, he came to me immediately and he said that he messed up. I said, yeah, I know. Like, Dusty went to the media saying Jordan screwed up. His best player doesn't do it for Maldonado yesterday. Jose Siri's not one of his best players, but last year, Jose Jose Siri pimped a homer. It led to some conversation between the two teams. Dusty on that play. I wish he'd ran. Back in our days, the next guy would have gotten drilled. He should have ran, Baker said. Remember this year, earlier, over the summer, in Toronto, Jeremy Pena hit a little comebacker. probably should have hustled a little bit more to first base. Did not. Dusty says... The one time you don't run is the one time he throws wild. Like I said, we got to regroup and just bust it a little harder. Where's that, Where are those comments to Martin Maldonado for not busting it to second base yesterday? I'm not talking about the fluke grab the pitcher made that doubled him up. That was not a smart base running play. I'm talking about his ground ball that he bounced off the third baseman that rolled towards the stand, third base side. He should have been at second base on that play. Yep. Like That was well, laziness from Martin Maldonado. I watched that play. I was like, Blanker's going to have a field day with this because he hates Maldonado's laziness. That was an example of it yesterday, but Dusty just gives him a free pass where he won't give a free pass to Jose Siri. Okay, whatever. Journeyman rookie that's flamboyant. Jeremy Payne who was the World Series MVP last year, and above them all, his best player. He threw Jordan under the bus last year, but he won't do that with Martin Maldonado because Dusty Baker has a veteran bias. He
3: he absolutely does. And and when when you think about all the different instances that you're talking about, and and, and you think about, to reiterate what you're saying and reinforce it, how many times has Maldi had passed balls this year? How many times has Maldi looked like He screws up, and then he he, he half-asses it to go get the baseball or look at it. And you look at it and say, oh, he's a great defensive catcher. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. And then you you see these plays happen over and over again. But what does he do? Instead of doing anything to go at Maldi or call that out or bring attention to that— he starts to use the media to, to critique Yiner to say how much he has to learn and how many things he's got to work on, and that's why he's probably not going to be in there as much.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can even use the Chaz big boy comments, right? Like, Chaz has played to a big boy standard this year. Do I think he's as good as Julio Rodriguez? No. Do I think he's produced to that level? Yeah. Deserves to be a big boy. Dusty says he's not one of the big boys. Why? Because Chaz is not that seasoned veteran that Dusty uh, – you know, once that he caters to, that he has a bias for. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. John, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up, John?
6: Yeah, man, all due respect, man. That is unfair, all that stuff that y'all talking about. It's like you're making a mohill. You're making a mountain out of a mohill. Listen, Dusty Becky is right. He made that decision not to switch it. Uh, Maldonado. There's nothing wrong with that. That is not why they lost the game. Chandler Rome been kicking at Dusty Baker for I don't know how long. I cannot fuss about a man's decision when we're in first place. If we were down struggling and and trying to make the playoffs, maybe I could see these decisions. But this this thing that Chandler Rome asked Dusty Baker and the crap that he asked the other day, that's just pity. I'm sorry. I think Chandler Rome is looking for clicks. Maybe somebody to tell him, go up there and work for the, for the New York Times, man. I mean, that's who you really work for anyway, the people up there in New York. I don't like it, man. John, I don't you. like it at all.
2: Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question.
6: Go ahead, man. Martin
2: Maldonado's walking to the plate last night with a runner on base. You're down by four runs in the eighth. Justin Verlaner's already out of the game. Are you letting Martin Maldonado hit instead of Yiner Diaz?
6: Yeah, man, I watched that okay. game. Man, we wasn't going to win that. But game. That's not the question, though. No. Like, you I know. agree. I agree with that. I
2: agree with you, John. Like, even if well, you use Yiner, uh, I'm man. agreeing we with you.
6: The, yesterday,
2: I'm agreeing with you that you're not going to win the game if Yiner's in for Maldonado. But what gives and you a better chance? Goody, what gives you a better chance to score runs? Maldonado in that spot against the righty or Yiner in that spot against the righty?
6: Hey, man, we see doesn't John, want to answer. John, you're not answering the question. I'm answering your question. Listen to me. It don't matter who you bring in. You can bring in the best DAs, the best hitter. Sometimes they strike out, man. It's yeah. just a, it's just a rolling the dice. John, man. It don't John. Matter. Sometimes teams
3: do come back and get
6: put up multiple <laughs> runs
3: in the ninth inning or the bottom of the eighth in the ninth inning, and they win games. It's happened even this year. And so you're basically saying throw the white towel in and don't give your team the best chance to try and come back to try and be in that situation. Man.
6: I've seen it many times, man. When a when a manager bring in his best hitter, the DH, really? even during the days of the Bagwell days, and it don't work, man. It, it just this stuff is petty, man. We we trust in that bank and question all this decision, and we in first place. I'm not that kind of. How fan, much are man. you I in first place, John?
3: How much are you in first place? We don't in- you think that because it's only a one game difference, that the best players that you have that are all healthy now should be in that lineup for these last 16 games?
6: Listen here, man. If we no, answer not the question, the John. Playoff, I'm we, listening.
3: I've listened what? enough. I'm asking you the question. Do you not think okay, that question? they should have their best players that are all healthy in the lineup for these last 16 games?
6: Not every day, man. Like, people being fussing about these so guys. If Jake Myers, off, so, if Jake bro. Myers
3: pulls an O for today, so if John Singleton strikes out four times, you're going to be cool with that when you're trying to keep a lead in that first place that you're talking about.
6: Well, why don't we fuss about Jake Myers being on a team two years and Dusty Baker still play him? Maybe he got a bias against Jake Myers. How about that?
2: Well, that would be accurate because he has a bias for veterans, so he'd be against young players. So that kind of backs it up there, John. John, I respect the opinion. Look, Dusty Baker's won a lot of games. Dusty Baker won a World Series last year. Now – I would nitpick what John said. He said that we're having kind of selective, like, I don't even remember the word he used. Like, we're being selective with certain things that we're picking. Petty. We're just being petty. Wasn't John being a little selective? Like, no. John said, well, we're in first place, totally ignores that they were two and a half games up two days ago and lost back to back games against the single A's. Totally ignoring the math. The Astros right? like, didn't
1: have sole possession of first place until this month. Yeah. It's like, been eight days. It's been eight days in which the Astros had sole possession of first place. Like, Let's not act like this is last year when everyone could check out for the last month of the season because they locked up the division with 12, 15 games to go. Mm, yeah. Like, They're in the middle of a playoff chase.
2: The little little selective John there, too. Like John said we're being selective, which I understand. But you were too, John. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We have a full call board. HRP listener line. seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Most frustrating regular season the Astros have had in the golden era. What well, has made it frustrating to you? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.